Thank you for listening to the A Stomping Ground on 365 Sportscast. The A Stomping Ground is sponsored by Dent Solutions of Napa Valley, House Doctors Painting of San Jose, and American Asphalt of Hayward. Now, back with you for another hour of Ace Talk, your host, Brandon Greco. Hello and welcome back to the Ace Stomping Ground. I am, of course, Brandon Greco. And today, it's a little bit of a happier show. The A's finished out a six-game road trip, 4-2. and two. Wish they could have got that last one in Colorado, finish out the sweep, go home on a positive note. But you take four out of six on the road in a tough ballpark, especially in Colorado, where even bad offenses can be good. So the A's did a pretty decent job, got st- uh, stung a little bit in the last game. Bats weren't there, but overall it was a good road trip compared to how they were playing to end off May and in this show, we're going to be talking about the injuries. We're going to be talking about what we saw in those games and also what's coming up next with the schedule and also who's been playing good, who's been playing a little bit poor recently, who's been struggling. And we're also going to talk about the stadium a little bit today at the end of the show, like I was promising. And that's what we have for today. So before we get into all of that, we're going to go into the injuries, dings and dents, which is sponsored by Dent Solution. How many of us have parked far away to try and avoid having someone or something dent our car? If you are like me and love your ride, I guarantee you hate dents. It can be a hassle dealing with insurance or simply finding that correct paint job for that fine finish. Well, it doesn't have to be a hassle. Dent Solution specializes in the art of paintless dent repair. Just like you need a specialist for neck and back pain, when you have a dent or a ding, you need the dentologist. With Dent Solution of the Napa Valley, San Rafael, Marin, Petaluma, Novato, Fairfield, and Vacaville. For over three decades, Ian Cordol has provided five-star service, specializing in world-class repairs. It's a true art, and if you're a victim of unsightly dents and dings, then the Dentologist is your fast, affordable solution to those minor dents and dings. The dings and the dents with this team, there's really nothing new, nothing that we already didn't know. Rosenthal fires, still no news on them. We have Wendelkin and Ramin Guadin. Uh, Wendelkin threw a bullpen on Saturday, I think the 5th. And Guadin is now in AAA with the Aviators on a couple rehab assessments, so he should be back and healthy whenever that may be. Not really, I don't think, any rush to get him back in the bullpen. We now have Diekman and Lazardo. I think that if a lefty comes up, that hopefully it would be A.J. Puck and we don't have to see any more of him. He hasn't been able to get anyone out this year. I thought maybe he wasn't actually hurt, and they put him on the injured list to have some other guys come up, but if he's making a couple rehab starts, then maybe there was something. I'm still not totally sure what it was. I didn't look too much into his injury because I didn't think that this was someone that the A's really... I didn't. I don't, it's not a big loss for the A's. It's just a bullpen arm that would be nice to have, that's nice for depth. Later in the year, someone gets hurt, you haven't come up, face your lefties, that's pretty much where I think his only value is. And then the big one... Ramon Laureano, who received a cortisone injection in his hip, and that doesn't mean that 
the injury is more significant than originally thought. It just means that they're taking the extra precautions to get him healthy, to get him feeling better. And they, ha they have plans to have him running again next week. There's still no timetable with him, but knowing that he's going to be back running next week, not sure if that's going to be bases, sprints, running in the outfield. So sprints, not, not totally sure what that is yet. Hopefully that will come out soon. But that's the news on Ramon, that he, he's going to start to be running again soon. And hopefully with that, the A's can kind of pick up where where they started June, which seems to be the A's month in the previous years. We've seen, I've mentioned this a lot, but this has been a big story with the A's over the past couple years. Their very slow starts and then pick it up in June. Their first year in 2012, it was June 2nd. After June 2nd, they had the best record of baseball the rest of the year. Won 94 games. 2018-2019, Ended up winning the next 63 games. And you put yourself at 97 wins two years in a row. So June seems to be where this team really kind of clicks, comes together. And that's what I was saying on the last one, what I was hoping. And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to start seeing some guys pick up the slack, not be hitting under 200 anymore, not striking out as much anymore, putting together better, more consistent at-bats, consistent, the word of the month for me. There just hasn't been much, and in this last six-game stretch, we just saw them on the road. It got off to a rough start where... Against the Mariners, they lost game one of that series. They came back, tied it late. They scored a run in the 10th, but they lost in the bottom after giving up two runs. And then after that, you go on. You win the next two games of that series, and you take that series two games to three. You go to Colorado, a team that is struggling. They traded their best player in the offseason. They don't have pitching except for... One a couple a couple guys out of that in the rotation and the bullpen are pretty solid who the ace saw and had no success against. The Rockies just aren't a team that should scare anyone unless you go into that ballpark because runs runs are a thing. Runs are not scarce in that stadium. It's a hitter friendly park, which everyone knows, and the A's going in struggling. There are a lot of hits that Probably should, wouldn't have been hits anywhere else, but for a team that has a batting average going into the week collectively of 226, you take what you can get. And a couple pop flies that dropped, a couple dinkers that dropped, and you end up taking two out of three. But in that series, and over the course, what we're seeing when I'm talking about consistency, Mark Canna, Matt Olson, and Tony Kemp really led the way last week. Tony Kemp's got his average up to 287, Matt Olson to 278, Mark Canna's hitting 259. I think Mark Canna's best career batting average was 270. Matt Olson is hitting a little bit above his career average, but after a really rough last year, another full season, hopefully Matt Olson has taken the strides and who knows, maybe this could be a two maybe Matt Olson could be a 280 hitter. He's making some really good contact with the ball. He looks like he has a really good approach, and something that we've seen from him is when he's right, it's a lot of home runs, and that's kind of it, but now I'm seeing a lot more doubles out of him, a lot more singles going the other way, so he's kind of evolving into, instead of just 
someone that can go the other way but is really going to hurt you pull side is now using the whole field taking advantage of the shift which is something that the A's lefties have done a pretty good job of this year hitting the ball the other way uh, Mitch Moreland Seth Brown Matt Olson to be exact and it, I, that that's contagious you see someone go the other way through the shift and it's just an easy hit Elvis Andrews has tr been trying to do that all year and for him they're starting to drop so that's really good hopefully that other players on the A's saw that and are just content with taking the free base hit just get on base there's a lot of guys on this team that could hit home runs which A's fans know and it's really just a matter of who's on base and can you have someone on base for the home runs and they didn't hit as many home runs against Colorado and the Mariners I think I saw going into the third game in that five game stretch they only hit three home runs but they their offense was really dominant last week other than pretty much that last game against Colorado where they got they get, they only scored one run so that started they lost that Monday game six to five so right there you see they scored five runs to start the week you'd like to be able to be happy with scoring five runs with this team and winning but happens it's baseball they lost six to five and then you beat the Mariners the next game twelve to six and two home runs in that game two home runs for a total of I think drove in five of their runs so they scored seven runs that game not via the home run which is something that I'm really starting to keep an eye on with this team is how can they score if they're not hitting home runs and Matt Olson getting his average up to almost 280 going into the Mariners series his average was at 260 so over the course of six games he got it up almost 20 points which is phenomenal especially right now all-star voting is getting underway Matt Olson definitely a guy that should be in Colorado for the all-star game if he keeps playing like he is for the A's anyway you'd think that out of everyone on that team that would be their all-star so that's I mean I don't know who else it would be at this point it seems like Matt Olson you sit in 280 he's top five in the league in home runs top 10 in the league in RBIs with 15 home runs and what 40 RBIs now so he's having a phenomenal year by far the best A's player offensively been the most consistent all year so it'll probably be him in Colorado but the other guys on that team that may not be there you know Tony Kemp's not going to be an all-star. Well, if he keeps playing like this, he's in the lineup every day and he's continuously hitting 280, then there's a chance. But Tony Kemp's never been a guy to hit for a super high batting average. He's always been a guy that plays the game well, gets on base, does a lot of really good things for you. But if he's hitting, he has he has two home runs, three doubles, a triple over the last six games, seven games. So his bat is really has really been something for the A's that that has been much needed because Matt, Matt Chapman, he put together some good at-bats. I saw him hit a couple balls hard, didn't really have much to show for it. His batting average dropped under 200 for a, a brief moment, and then he followed that up with a 2-for-3 and a 1-for-3. But the last two games against Colorado went 0-for-7, struck out three times after striking out just once in the previous two games. So... For him, it's about putting consistent at-bats together game by game. And kind of with him, it's almost been, if you look at how he's played, 
kind of the story of what the A's have done. I'm not saying he, the A's go as Chapman goes because he hasn't been playing very well and the A's are in first place right now. But what I'm seeing out of the A's is they won, the, they, they won a couple, they lose a couple, they win a couple, they lose a couple. That road trip was nice. They lost the first and the last game, but they won the four in between. You would have really liked to get that sweep against Colorado, but Herman, I think, had a start against the A's in 2019, had a start against the A's last year, had two starts against the A's last year, and now this year. And in four of those starts, I think he's 3-1. and one. And even his loss, I don't think, was a bad start. So he's someone that throws hard, has a lot of movement, a right-handed pitcher. And when the A's have, in the National League Park, you're not going to have Moreland out there because you have Olsen at first base. Seth Brown has been really struggling. I think he's one for his last 35, two for his last 35. So for a right-handed pitcher going against an A's lineup, that Tony Kemp swinging a good bat, Matt Olsen swinging a good bat, but you're not going to be going two for three, two for four every game. So they had collectively a bad game and they didn't have anyone step up so they ended up losing that game but yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not upset about that game they i mean i am upset that they lost because it would have been nice to get that sweep going into a homestand come home they lost three to one it's just they haven't had any success about on off of herman and they still had eight hits they had eight hits they had a cup, their hand, uh, handful of walks. Actually, they only had one walk. So they had nine base runners. They just weren't able to get that big hit to get him in. And it seems like they weren't getting consistent base runners on. Someone get on, double play, maybe a hit, or just nothing consecutive. No rallies put together. A hit here, a hit there. Just nothing to really build off of. And they struck out a decent amount of times, which when you strike out 11 times, and you're not getting extra base hits, it's going to be hard to get those runners over. So that's pr that's pretty much the story of that game was the strikeouts, and they didn't get that big hit. They were in the game. It just it just seemed like it just was one of those games that you could tell that from the get-go that they were going to have a hard time, and, and they did. But you go home to a four-game or to a homestand, and you still have to be happy where you're at. You're a game above the Astros in the division, and you're going back for nine, I think I said. It's two against Arizona, four against Kansas City, and three against the Angels. So there's your nine games. So that's what you have coming up. But last week was really, there's a couple starters that I wanted to talk about, which impressed me. Caprellian, he got the loss in that start against Colorado. He had a really rough fourth inning where I think he had the bases loaded and nobody out. And he only gave up one. He got a strikeout, and then there was a sack fly, and then a ground out. So he got out of that inning, only allowing one run. That's two or three times now where he's found himself in a little bit of trouble and has been able to pitch himself out of that situation against the Red Sox, one against the Angels. He did get touched up a little bit against the Angels, but for the most part, other than a three-run home run he gave up, pretty much avoided damage with the base runners on. You give up a three-run home run. It's your fourth major league start against a guy at the time who was hitting 310, who was right next to Olsen with home runs and RBIs. So having a better year than Matt Olsen, if you want to think about it, offensively. So you can't be upset. That's what they get paid to do. 
a professional hitter. He's been in the league a couple years, Jared Walsh. So you can't be too upset with how Caprellian's pitching, especially where he was at when the A's got him and how that trade has kind of evolved for both teams. The A's giving Sonny Gray to the Yankees and getting Dustin Fowler, Jorge Mateo, and James Caprellian in return. Jorge Mateo is now on the Padres. Dustin Fowler recently got released by the Pirates, and Caprellian is the last player on that tr in that trade that is on either one of those teams and he had the Tommy John surgery he got hurt again when he was with the A's and had a couple appearances last year out of the bullpen he had his first major league start this year so kind of like Lizardo getting that footing this was a guy that was a huge prospect for the Yankees that just got struck with some injuries some hard times with the family a lot of just a lot going on for him so hopefully here in Oakland were players that seemed to not be, I don't think he was given up on. I think that he might have just needed a change of scenery. But Oakland seems to be the place for those guys. You know, you come here, you come to a team that has winning aspirations, that is a really good team. They just lost a couple pieces in the offseason. And you come up and you want to be not only the best for yourself, but for this team. You're a guy that is going to be relied on and to come up and make a really good first impression in terms of being a fighter, not giving up, bases loaded, nobody out for a rookie. That easily could be a five-run inning for him to bear down. I think the first pitch after he walked the guy to put the bases loaded, he threw a perfectly pitched slider low and away, got the swing and miss, and then threw a fastball up and in. So instantly 0-2, he attacked the hitter. He wasn't trying to nibble. He wasn't trying to get out of the zone. At that point, you just got to get get out, and he was coming at him with the best that he had. He said, try to hit it. He couldn't. He gave up the sack fly, his next at bat. So, bases loaded, nobody out. You give up one run. You kept your team in the game. You did a really good job. You had a couple rough spots there where it could have it could have gotten worse, but it didn't. So, you have to be happy about that. And then also, Cole Irvin pitched I think the game before Caprillion. He put six innings, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. And against Colorado, in Colorado, a team that even though they don't have Arenado, they don't have Carlos Gonzalez, they don't have Daniel Murphy, they don't have DJ LeMayhew, in a stadium like Colorado, Trevor Story wasn't playing, they're still very capable because that ballpark, there's so much space, the ball flies so much, and they still have some good hitters. Tapia's hitting 290. I've been looking at him, maybe a guy that the A's could go after and get. I think that the Rockies could be the key to success for the A's, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But the Rockies have some players on that team. I know that recently the A's have been uh, have shown interest in Trevor Story, so there's a couple guys on that team that, who knows, maybe you could get with them which I'll talk about in a second. But Cole Irvin, six innings. He gave up six hits, which is something that we've seen out of him. He doesn't throw hard. He's going to give up contact. You just got to hope it's soft contact, which it was against Colorado. And, I mean, your team scores six runs. You're going to be in a good chance to You're going to be in a good spot to win. So Cole Irvin, after a couple rough starts, he now has his ERA back under four. He's had two better starts his past couple outings. So for Cole Irvin, he started out the season bad. He had really good starts, had a little bit of a rough stretch, and 
you hope that now that he's maybe trying to figure it out again, hopefully he could stay like this. But for a guy that the A's traded for in the offseason for cash considerations, at this point you just kind of got to be happy with what he with what he gave you. And that's kind of where I'm at with Elvis Andrews right now. Um, as I'm talking, I just got a notification on my phone, which is going to make me change points, but... Ellis Andrews, a guy that was hitting 180 most of the year, is now hitting over 200. He's now playing much better defensive, uh, much better defensive shortstop. And, you know, you trade a guy like Chris Davis, who was huge for this team for so long. Chris Davis just got DFA'd by the Rangers. So, for the A's fans, including myself, that think, oh, we had a bad, we had maybe drew the short end of the stick with that trade. Chris Davis didn't play much with Texas, hit two home runs with them, didn't really do much, and he just got released. So who knows? The A's, maybe they could uh, maybe the A's could pick him up. Maybe the A's could look to get him back in Oakland and try to get something there. They're, that would kind of add to what they already have with the home run strikeout, but I think at this point, Loriano's hurt. There's been a lot of injuries on this team. You have the 26 roster spots. I don't know. Why not pick up Chris Davis? Uh, see see if he could come back, feel comfortable, and slide into that maybe DH spot, come off the bench with Mitch Moreland. I know that that would also give you that just gives you a little bit more a little bit more thud in that lineup. Hopefully, if Thays could get him, which is now what I'm hoping. But really, what I'm going with that trade is that that trade is looking a lot better for the A's by the day with Elvis Andrews playing better now. Chris Davis got cut by the Rangers, so. Who knows what's going on with him? Who knows what's going on with that situation? But the A's, and speaking of Elvis Andrews, as what I just said, linked to Trevor Story. And before I talk about the games coming up and some other some of the other players that that um, that pitched in Colorado, that played in Colorado, that I want to talk about, I'll talk about this now. So. The A's, the report came out that they have shown interest in Trevor Story and getting him. And I'm looking at the Rockies team. There's a couple guys on that team that I think that the A's also could try to get in that trade. Maybe, probably not three MLB players. I'm not sure if the A's have the farm system. I'm not sure. The Rockies are trying to get younger. I'm not sure who they would take. But it seems like Trevor Story, if they do get him, not sure what would happen with Andrews. Maybe he goes to the bench. Maybe he gets put in that trade, but um, like I said, Tapia is a guy that I like. Maybe the A's could get him. Might be a little bit pricey because he's having a good year. Charlie Blackman's making a lot of money, but another left-handed bat. Really, my point being that a shortstop for this team, especially being Trevor Story, would put them, I think, in a different category. And then also, I've talked a lot about Seth Brown. I've expressed how much I like him. I like Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland's pretty much doing what I think was expected of him. He's on pace to hit about 15 home runs, DHing, not playing every day, hitting about 245. I think that that's pretty solid uh, for a 35-year-old who, like I said, doesn't play every day, who's not getting consistent at bats, who's a really good professional hitter. I'll take that. No problem coming off the bench. You put him in the lineup, you know that he's going to be hitting his home runs. He'll get his doubles. Probably finished the year with about 15 homers, 20 doubles, hitting 250. 
if he, the pace that he's on right now anyway, but Seth Brown is really kind of making me think that they might, not make that they might, but is making me think that they should still go after another lefty bat as much as they do need a shortstop. So I think that with the Rockies, a couple guys that I think that the A's could try to get in that trade, whether it be Tapia, maybe Blackman, but I think that those are a little bit of a stretch. But Daniel Bard, out of the bullpen, is the Rockies' closer. He was out of baseball for a while, and I guess the A's in that last game, he was throwing over 100 miles an hour, three up, three down. It actually gave up a hit to Seth Brown to start the inning, but then got the next three guys out throwing 100-plus with nasty slider. And we have Rosenthal coming back. So you think that if the A's go out and they get Trevor Story, say they get say they get Trevor Story and Daniel Bard. So then you now have, say, Andrew Stays. You could now have Andrews coming off the bench, maybe playing second base, giving Lowry some time off. Lowry could DH. Just keep him healthy for the end of the year. He His batting average has kind of slipped a little bit. He's still hitting his doubles top. I think he has 15 doubles, top five in the league in doubles. But if you get Daniel Bard with that, you now could have a bullpen in July, August, ramping up for the playoffs. That is Diekman, Trevino, Rosenthal, Wendelkin when he comes back, and Daniel Bard. So that's five go-to guys that all throw 95-plus with nasty off-speed out of the bullpen. And you have Yusmero Petit still. So you have six really good options coming out of the bullpen for a rotation that, other than Bassett and Manaya, hasn't had too much consistency. Cole Irvin, as I was just talking about, has been a nice surprise. Kapl uh, James Kaplarian has come up. He has five career starts. He's been pretty good, but the five career starts, not sure how confident you're feeling with him. You still have Mike Fires, who's going to come back at some point, but at this point in his career, having elbow, having an elbow injury, missing the past couple months, it's going to be tough to know for sure what you're going to get out of him. And it, it could be tough, you know? You're trying to make a playoff push. Maybe you and the Astros, there's a couple game separation. You play the Astros. Mike Fires, the past couple years, it seems like they've been purposely not having him start against Houston, kind of hiding him. And if you have a starting pitcher that you don't feel comfortable pitching against a specific team, and that specific team happens to be the team that you see the most a year and the team that beats on you the most, is you need guys to be in there that every time you feel like you have a good chance to win. And Mike Fires against Houston, they don't I don't I don't think they feel confident with their chance to win when he starts against Houston. And that's not and that's something that we've seen that I think should concern the fans. People talking about, oh, Mike Fires will be back. But if you don't trust him to pitch against Houston, I mean, yeah, you could have a pitch against Kansas City, Arizona, some of those teams that, you know, lengthen out the rotation a little bit, give someone a day off, maybe have them in the bullpen. But I think that right now with where the team's at, maybe have him in the bullpen, which kind of leads me to my next point of who I was going to, talk about before I started talking about Trevor Story of Jesus Cesardo who has come back from his injury and has pitched three games out of the bullpen and he has six innings pitched he's given up two runs he's struck out nine guys and the one the two runs that he gave up was he threw 98 right down the middle and 
Brendan Rodgers, who was hitting like 200, hit his first major league home run, hit it fourth, hit it dead center. Mark Hanna almost robbed it. He probably should have, honestly. Mistimed his jump a little bit, but trying to rob a home run, not an easy thing to do. So Jesus Cesardo coming out of the bullpen for the A's has been pretty nice. Lengthen that bullpen. Another lefty out there. Give Petit a couple, maybe another day off who's been pitching a lot. But it's nice because you see him coming out of the bullpen. Two innings, three innings. He threw one inning in his first game back. So some length in that bullpen that's been very taxed. A bullpen that's trying to figure out who the closer is. We're still seeing Trevino and Diekman kind of switch off. Sergio Romo. I'm really not sure what's going on with him. He's been pitching okay recently, but not super consistently. And Cam Bedrosian, since coming to the A's, has pitched pretty well. I think with the A's, four and a third, zero runs, and three strikeouts. So from his first five innings with Cincinnati this year, where he gave up seven runs, he added another pitch. I think he's trying to get his splitter back. So Cam Bedrosian has secretly kind of been a nice addition. So there's some options in that bullpen. But I think that if you could still go out and get a guy like Daniel Bard, 100 back into the bullpen, put him in the 6th, 7th inning, you really just shirt up your bullpen. Where you can now, if your starter goes 5, you could have Diekman, Trevino, Bard, and Rosenthal. Maybe not in that order, maybe in that order. But that's a really good 6, 7, 8, 9. And that kind of reminds me of what Kansas City had a couple years back when they beat the A's in the playoffs. Just a really dominant back half of the bullpen to where if you f you feel comfortable, especially in the playoffs, if you have Bassett or Manai out there, say five innings, two, three runs, you're pitching against the Yankees, the Astros, and you want to get a different look out there, he's going to pitch again maybe later in the series if you're winning. You get you you put your four-headed monster out there to close out the game, and I don't know how many runs are going to be scored off those four guys in the late in the game. All four of them with closing experience, all four of them with high 90s fastballs with very unhittable off-speed pitches. I think that that along with another dimension of great defense at shortstop in Trevor Story, the ability to hit the ball out against anyone. One of the faster players in baseball, another speed dimension to this team. Just a good professional player who will strike out, but we've seen when he's on, high, kind of like Aaron Judge. Not, I'm not saying he is Aaron Judge, but strikes out a lot, but still has potential to hit 280. Still could hit 30-plus home runs, so who knows. They let Marcus Simeon go, which I think is the worst move they could have made. And now they're, kind of, now they're looking for another shortstop. Which is kind of ironic because you think that you could have just kept the guy you already had and now you're looking at replacing him and giving up your future maybe for the year. But if they could re-sign him or get Simeon back at the end of the year, it, it's definitely interesting. It's going to be an interesting month. It's early June. Not sure how many big trades are going to be made right now, but you think that with the A's and where they're at trying to make a push, the reports are teams are expected to be interested once he gets back off the injured list, but teams are interested now. They're calling on him. They're checking in. So with Trevor Story, it could be as soon as the end of June. It could be right when he gets back. It could be at the end of July. And the Rockies are saying it's not a done deal that they're going to trade Story, but you think that they traded Arenado. They're trying to get younger. They're not going to do anything this year. Why wouldn't they? The Rockies honestly should just unload everyone.
because next year what it's looking like they'll have Blackman, they'll have Tapia, but you're not going to have your all-star left side of the infield. Ryan McMahon, also another left-handed guy that the A's could try to get, someone that could play on the infield, a little bit of left field if need be, kind of like Seth Brown, but McMahon could play first, second, third, left, gives you a little bit more utility option than Seth Brown playing left field, outfield, you know McMahon's probably not going to be playing much first base or third base, but second base, Tony Kemp, Jed Lowry are there, Tony Kemp not expecting to be hitting 280 the rest of the year. Chad Lowry probably going to hit 250, 260 this year. Ryan McMahon has 13 home runs this year. So that's what I'm saying. I think that if the A's were smart, that they they should be in play with the Rockies and what the Rockies have to offer. Because they have a lot of guys on that team that could hit the ball, which is what they've always had, but not to the degree of the Tulowitzkis, the, the Carlos Gonzalez, Arenado, and Trevor Story, who is still there but not playing. So, for me to close on the Colorado series and to close with Colorado, something I thought was interesting was, I don't know if it was just they wanted him to pitch, but, you know, if the A's are trying to trade with Colorado, still not sure what you could get out of Lazardo. Lazardo pitched two innings against him. You gave him a look. So I was thinking, oh, who knows? Maybe they're putting Lazardo out there for Colorado to see. Maybe kind of we'll let you scout him now. But who knows? Maybe not. A.J. Puck could be an option. I think that if they do make a move like that, AJ Puck probably and or Lazardo, probably not both, but one of those guys could be gone by the end of this year if they do make one of those moves, which kind of sucks because if you would have kept Simeon, then, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. I think at this point you might just be saying a left-handed bat, a serviceable left-handed bat, and bullpen help, but now you're looking for one of the most important positions on the field in a playoff run. It's been done before. The Dodgers a couple years ago traded for Manny Machado. There's been J.J. Hardy before that. I know there's been some other shortstops traded, but those are just the first two that come to mind when I think about teams trading for a shortstop in the middle of a playoff run. So It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, and the A's have now put themselves in a spot to where that's something that they need to look at. So with the A's right now, you're nine games over five hundred. Your game up on Houston. Houston this week, like I was saying before, their schedule isn't super light. They play the Red Sox again, and then from there they play the Twins for three, and they have a day off, and then they play the Rangers. So they have a couple. They have this series against the Red Sox. Hopefully the Twins, who are still one of the best teams in baseball in terms of hitting home runs, we saw what they did against the A's. They definitely have potential to score anywhere between 5-10 runs a game with Nelson Cruz, with Arias, with Castillo, with Kepler, with all the guys they have on their team. Ostadio, not Castillo. Their catcher, Ostadio. They definitely have a lot of options. So hopefully the Twins can get hot, get some good pitching. Hopefully Barrios pitches and get some help against the Astros. So that's what's going on right now with the A's and what we just wrapped up. And what's coming up next on the schedule, as I was saying earlier, the Diamondbacks, the Royal, the Royals, and the Angels. And so what's next on the schedule is that, and we're also going to be talking about, I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, Seth Brown, who's been struggling, and then just who has kind of found their role, found their home with this team, who's still kind of looking for 
consistent opportunities who might get some more so that's all coming up next and the next half and the next segment of the show is sponsored by house doctor painting house doctor painting located out of san jose has provided quality painting in the bay area for over 30 years a proven 21-step preparation process will ensure your paint job looks spectacular for years to come Owner of five consecutive years on Angie's List Superior Service Award, House Doctor Painting is a fully licensed and insured painting contractor, able to take on any painting challenges. We specialize in exterior and interior painting of homes, duplexes, condos, townhomes, apartments, rental properties, and restoration of Victorian homes. If you're in the Bay Area or around San Jose, give House Doctor Painting a call at 408 408- or go to housedoctorpainting.com. Bay Area Painting since 1989 for the health of your home. So what's next on the schedule for the A's is you got Tuesday, Diamondback Series kicks off, and then Wednesday, a day game, and then you have four against the the Kansas City Royals uh, as a weekend series. It's a good weekend series at home. You hope that the A's should be able to win. Realistically, if the A's are playing well, they should win these next six games. It's hard to just say that they're going to win six games in a row, but Kansas City's not super good. The Diamondbacks have a pretty decent offense, but we're not in Arizona anymore. We're in Oakland, so hopefully the balls that were flying out and that they were getting to drop in Arizona are dropping here. I think the A's won both of those games by scores of 9-5 to or 9-6. to So the A's scored a lot of runs. So did the Diamondbacks. But you just got to hope that the pitching can stay on top. And in that series, we're going to see a pretty good... We're going to see some good pitching for the A's. So you got to think that you like where you're at. You should see Bassett and I think Manaya on Wednesday. So against a team like the Diamondbacks that... I think has had one of the, a couple of really bad losing streaks. They're record-wise the worst team in the National League. Kansas City, record-wise, 29-29. Hasn't been playing super great recently. They're not a 500 team. They're definitely probably, they're probably going to finish the year 10-15 games below 500. So you got to take advantage of these next six games. And against Kansas City, you should see Montas, Irvin, Caprillion, and probably Bassett again in that game four on Sunday so what you you got to think that Montas against Kansas City should be okay hopefully that could be a start to get him back on the right track Irvin against Kansas City a team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs doesn't hit a lot of has never really been a team to hit a lot of home runs so you think with Irvin just keep the ball down keep it on the ground get some weak contact you should be fine Caprellian you hope that doesn't have one of those rookie starts out of nowhere. Should be okay. And what I like is Chris Bassett closing out that series. And then I also like Manaya starting the series against LA where we still shouldn't see Mike Trout. And But what I like about Bassett closing that series is the A's have struggled since that winning streak to get sweeps of teams and to kind of just build off that series going into the next one. Well, we just saw they lost game one against the Mariners. They won the next two. They won the first two against Colorado, and they lost the last one. So for the A's, I think as it's nice to win series, and I was saying before, you don't got to get sweeps. You just got to win series, but 
if you won the first two, not getting the sweep is kind of it's kind of frustrating because they just haven't been able to get one in a while. It seems like they're really they won the first couple and then the other team won. It just, inconsistent play in series, and you gotta hope that June this summer weather that when the A's usually start to get hot, you gotta hope that it starts. You gotta hope that it starts here. And it definitely can against these teams that they're playing. They're kind of in a good spot where they can hopefully kind of get something going against Diamondbacks and Kansas City. Maybe by the time the Angels series starts, Delkin could be closer to coming back. Ramon should be closer to coming back. He should be running next week, probably starting that series. So maybe not next week, but the week after, maybe expect Ramon Laureano back. That's just wishful thinking. You're not totally sure, but Otani shouldn't be pitching in that series. That's a plus for the A's, who did score three runs off of him in the last start, but it took till the seventh inning, and there were a couple weak hit ground balls, a couple balls that they got lucky with that found some holes, but Iglesias is back, so that lineup does kind of lengthen out a little bit. The lineup is very good. Even without Mike Trout, they still have Iglesias, Fletcher, Upton, Walsh, Otani, and Rendon, so that's a really good six. That's actually a great six in the batting order and then when Mike Trout comes back that's going to be seven really tough outs so take advantage of Mike Trout not being there again try to get another series win against the Angels be nice to sweep but with the Angels lineup it, it'll probably be in that series Manaya, Montas and Irvin Montas has struggled a little bit against the Angels Cole Irvin has pitched okay against the Angels just got to hope that Irvin against the Angels, you got to get Otani out, you got to get Jared Walsh out, and then try to deal with those big right-handed boppers, Rendon, Justin Upton, and Fletcher's not someone that's going to hit home runs, but someone that seems to go 5 for 10 every series against the A's, so you got to make sure that you get those lefties out and those righties that are coming up to do some damage or batting with no one on base. That's how I think they'll win that Angels series against the Diamondbacks and against Kansas City. I think they'll win that series, the both those series. They should sweep them as long as they don't get in their own way. And I think that that's the only way that they lose those games, honestly. But going into this series, the pitching has been better. The offense has scored a lot of runs other than that last game against Colorado where Herman just has continued to pitch well against the A's. And hopefully we don't gotta, he doesn't have to pitch against the A's again. I'm sure that they'll find a way to get him another start against the A's when the Rockies come to Oakland. But in the meantime, Arizona, Kansas City, and the Angels, that's what's coming up next. And going into this series, what I'm looking for where against the Diamondbacks, you just got to be quick. You just, you just got to be ready. It's a quick two-game series. You got a day off. You have your two best pitchers pitching. I'm feeling... They should win both those games, so I'm trying, I don't know, I'm trying to stay in a in a mindset to where if they do lose one of those games, it's going to be okay, but at the same time, with how close you are to the Astros and the fact that you just can't seem to beat them, when you're not playing them, you, you have to get your help, you have to hope that the Red Sox and the Twins can do something. And what's nice about the Astros being the team that the A's are fighting with is with everything that's gone on is when teams play Houston, they're not coming in there 
they're coming in and giving their best because they want to beat up. Everyone wants to beat up on Houston after what they did. So that's the one positive. You know, these teams, they're going to Houston. They're giving them their best chance. You just got to hope it works and that Houston and their talent just maybe struggles a little bit. And they, they haven't been struggling a lot. They haven't had... They've been a little bit more inconsistent than the A's recently. The A's, after they left Houston, were down a half game. And then the A's got it up to three. It's now down at one. So the A's have been playing a little bit better than they have. But you just got to hope that that continues. Especially when you see Diamondbacks in Kansas City. So what I'm looking for in this series, and really this week, is I'm not too focused on the starting pitching other than Frankie Montas. Cole Irvin, as long as he could go five innings, not give up the big innings, not give up the big runs, I'm okay with what he gives Is if he keeps the team in the game. Kerpelian, at this point, just keep building off your starts. He wants to dominate, and you could tell that he's fighting. He's going to give it everything he has. So with Bassett and Manaya, if they have a bad start, it happens. But against Arizona, you hope that it doesn't. And Frankie Montas has been so inconsistent in when he got busted for PEDs a couple years ago. It was a big blow to this team that now was without their ace going into the playoffs, and that caused you to start Liam Hendricks against the Yankees before he kind of found his own. And you just got to have a consistent option in that rotation that you can rely on. He When he came back, I thought that I'm sure a lot of A's fans thought that he was going to come back and be pretty close to what he was even with the PEDs. But since the PEDs, he's come back and he has not pitched very well at all last year and this year. I'm not totally sure. I think it, it could be the control because his stuff is just too good for him to be getting hit around as much as he as much as he does. Last year in 11 starts, a 5.6 ERA. This year in 12 starts, a 4.52 ERA. 65 strikeouts, 63 innings, so the strikeouts aren't... It, it, Frankie Montas just has to be better than what than what he's shown, and he has the probably the best stuff out of anyone on this rotation, and for him to be struggling more than the other guys on this rotation, it, it's just very frustrating and very confusing, kind of like Lizardo, probably, other than Montas, might have the best stuff on the staff, and just can't get it done, which really shows that it's not just all about what you have. You have to be able to know how to pitch. You have to be able to know what to throw and when to throw it and how to throw it. All these things come into play, and I'm not saying they're going to move Montas to the bullpen, but I think Lazardo coming out of the bullpen is really just kind of letting him let loose and not worry about saving stuff for the rest of the game, not worrying about, oh, I can't throw this to this batter now because he might be looking for it with Lazardo. Get out there, pitch batter to batter. A couple innings, you're not going to see the same guy more than once, most likely. So, with Montas, just you got to have a good start. And you your next start's against Kansas City. And then I'm not sure if he'll pitch again in that Angel series. That might be his next start after that, might be when they go on the road. But have a good start at home before a road trip where, if the rotation and my math is correct, you should be the first pitcher to pitch on that next road trip. So, that's a very important start on a road trip. The very first one, get out on a, get out on the right note, have a good start, set the table for the team that, you know, you're you're in first place. This is a team that could win the World Series. That has 
definitely the pieces to do it. They just have to be more consistent, get a little bit better. And I think that they're on the right track. Add a couple pieces, and I think that you're there. And with the offense, Seth Brown now hitting under 200. Matt Chapman still been pretty inconsistent. Those are really the two guys that I'm having... Those are really the two guys that I'm having an issue with. You know, when you're a team like the A's that doesn't have the star power, the guys that are supposed to be there, when they're not there, I mean, for them to be where they're at, I think they're 4-1 and one in June with 5-7 and seven without Ramon. So they're playing okay without Loriano with him not there, but Chapman and Seth Brown both need to pick it up. Uh, Matt Chapman especially, you know, Seth Brown. You call him up. He's a left-handed power bat. He's struggling right now. You think that he's going to start getting hits. He's shown the ability to go the other way, to put together good at-bats. He's just in a little bit of a funk, but he's got to get better. He has to be that third left-handed option because going back to where we now, a couple months ago, the A's are now without a third left-handed batting option, power-wise. You know, you have Tony Kemp, who I think that the A's feel comfortable with, playing defense, you're going to ride him as long as you can if he's, when he's swinging the bat like this, but at some point he's going to come back down to earth. He's, I really doubt that he's going to be hitting over 260 by the time the year's over when it's all said and done. And with Seth Brown hitting under 200 against right-handed pitching, you have Matt Olson, Jed Lowry if, he, if he's in the lineup, and Mitch Moreland. Jed Lowry and Mitch Moreland haven't been... Jed Lowry and Mitch Moreland at this stage in their careers, it's not five, six years ago where Jed Lowry hit two, 280, 290, Mitch Moreland hit 20-plus home runs playing every day. So if with them, it's they're going to get their opportunities, Jed Lowry more so than Moreland because he's a switch hitter and can play better and plays second base and not where the A's all-star is, Matt Olson at first. So with Seth Brown being in the outfield with Loriano out, you just you just got to put together good at bats. He's playing good defense still, but Piscotty's been swinging the bat better. His average has climbed up to 220 from low 200s, maybe even under. Sean Murphy recently has got his average from 185. It's now 220. So these guys on the A's, they're hitting better. There's a couple guys that it just seems like not everyone's going at the same time, and you have these guys getting hot, and then Loriano gets hurt, who had a great July or had a great start to May, but got hurt, couldn't finish it off. He actually got himself a player of the month card in the show with how good he's playing. He had eight home runs, a one-and-a-half war in May, which was tops in the, in the league at each of those spots. So without that, you're missing great defense in the outfield, you're missing great speed, and you're missing the ability to have a hitter that could hit 280 and hit the ball out of the ballpark. So Mark Canna's doing a good job filling in, but Mark Canna's not... He's not a speedster. He's not as exciting as a player as Ramon, which doesn't really mean anything other than the fact that when Ramon's up there, that's an at-bat. That's something that you watch. When Canna's up there, it's a slow it's a slow at-bat. See the pitches, foul him off. With Loriano, he goes up there, and Canna could too, but Loriano is just like, he's a bigger threat than Canna. And Canna in the outfield and center field is doing a really good job, but it's not Ramon Loriano. And Matt Chapman hitting where he's at, that's not 
acceptable at all for a team that is banking on you to be in the middle of that lineup and produce, which you have not done really since 2019. Last year, hit 230, got hurt, the power was there. This year, he's hitting 205, and the power's not there. He has five home runs. Matt Chapman's just really had a bad year offensively, but he's playing really good defense again, per usual, which is what we're accustomed to. You just got to hope at some point the bat comes along for the ride, which is another reason why Trevor Story could be, I think, is what this team needs at this point. Maybe not Trevor Story per se, but a shortstop. Someone else to come in and hit the ball and to be a threat. Lengthen that lineup out and put someone else in there that the pitchers have to be scared of. But so you have a lineman, say they get, or a lineup, you have, say you get Trevor Story. It may not even happen. This is just what I've been seeing, and I'm just trying to put the pieces together, add some excitement. You could have Canna, Loriano, Olsen, Trevor Story, Sean Murphy, Matt Chapman, Pinder, Brown, Piscotti, Tony Kemp. That's 11 guys right there. You have your backup catcher, Garcia, if he's here for much longer. It could be Austin Allen. Those are really good guys. And you think Trevor Story and Elvis Andrews, Trevor Story is just one guy, maybe thinking it's like, name all the guys that I didn't name other than Trevor Story, you still have a pretty good team, but with Trevor Story, everyone I think gets better, because that's another guy that has to be pitched to more carefully, that's another mistake that could be made to the guy before him, you don't want you don't want guys on base with, in front of Trevor Story, you put Matt Olson in front of Trevor Story, you put Matt Chapman after him, maybe even before, so they're going to get pitches to hit. And right now, there's a lot of guys that could come up and do some damage, just aren't doing it consistently. And I think you just need one other guy in there to see some pitches that to mentally tire out the pitcher and make it easier for you. So going into what's next in this nine-game stretch with the A's, I think the A's probably should win seven of these nine games at home. I think that they should have no problem winning all six against the Diamondbacks in Kansas City. I think that against the Angels, it'll be a little bit tougher. I think that they'll at least lose one of those Angels games, hopefully not two. So that's why I say 7-2, maybe giving them one against Diamondbacks, maybe Kansas City. Who knows? Maybe they'll come to play one day, one of those day games. The A's have kind of struggled in some of those day games. There have been very long games. Their pitching is giving up a lot of base runners, their offense. You know, they, they have a slow, methodical offense, see a lot of pitches, draw walks, long at-bats because of the walks and the strikeouts. So just hope that Kansas City doesn't come to play. Salvador Perez, Whit Merrifield, they have some good players there that you got to be worried about. And same with Arizona. Like I was saying, their lineup is very good. David Peralta, Escobar. There's a couple other guys there that are, that are slipping my head, but they have potential there. David Peralta, also another guy that, I've been wanting the A's to go after, so those NL West teams, those bottom feeders, maybe the A's could get in contact with, get some of those lefty bats, get some bullpen help, get something to help their team out. I would not mind David Peralta on the A's. I think that, for me, the left-handed bat without the consistency of Seth Brown. Seth Brown, if he could just hit 240, hit 20 home runs, I'll take it. But right now, he's hitting under 200. The power's there. He hasn't had a home run in a while. He's won for his last 30-something. So, got to see more out of Seth Brown. Got to see more out of this team. 
and they have nine games coming up at home, which are very doable. And the next time I talk to you, we'll be wrapping up this week. We'll be talking about what's next. Hopefully, Loriano, when Delcom will be back, maybe something will come back with Rosenthal. July is what we were hearing with his timetable. So, hopefully another week closer to July. He's still recovering. Maybe start hearing. Maybe he could be sent down for pitching. The 60 days is probably almost up. But, who knows? Who knows what's going on with him? I think it is up because they've played more than 60 games. So, Rosenthal should be coming back. Matt Chapman, Seth Brown... Seth Brown I gave a lot of praise to. He's got to kind of get back to where he was, coming up clutch, hitting the ball the other way, hitting with power. Or if not, he, he could be gone, and you could be replaced by hopefully McMahon or Peralta, maybe Blackman, maybe Tapia. Go to those NL West teams, see what you can get, add some players. I think that that's what this team needs. Just a couple, just two more pieces, I think, to replace Hendricks. And Simeon, really, I think that's what this team is missing right now, is the starting shortstop and your dominant closer. So, that's where I'll leave you guys today. And hopefully next week at this time, the A's will be over 10 games over 500, which they have not been. They've kind of been hanging around 9, 10, 8 games. You have very winnable 9 games coming up. Should be able to take 7. Hopefully the A's can be 15, 16 over 500. And June could be the month for the A's that it's always been. So that being said, I will see you guys next week. Go A's. Customers, tenants, and visitors get their first impression of your business right in the parking lot. Pave the way for a beautiful experience, attracting and retaining tenants, residents, and protecting your business against liability with asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Show us your ugliest asphalt, your worst sidewalks, your faded parking lot striping. We'll restore it to its former glory. Our award-winning team has the experience and equipment to tackle your toughest paving challenges. We've been serving the San Francisco Bay Area since 1983. American Asphalt is your one-stop source for paving services in the Bay Area. We specialize in all aspects of concrete and asphalt, serving a range of industries, including residential communities, commercial and industrial complexes, schools, restaurants, wineries, special event centers, and more. We are committed to serving the communities we work for. The road to success is always under construction. Ensure your business is at its best with industry-leading asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Contact us today by going to www.americanasphalt.com.